0: Welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for market intel, forecasts, and strategies. Hello, I'm Michael Bull. Thank you for being with us today. This segment's brought to you by my company, Bull Realty. For customized asset and occupancy solutions, visit bullrealty.com or reach out to me personally, Michael at bullrealty.com. Well, today we're going to talk about the hotel industry. I mean, everyone is interesting, is interested in what's happening in the hotel sector right now. And look in the US, where we're close to the vaccine tipping point uh, where we might be getting through this COVID thing. People, restrictions are being lifted in most states around the country. Uh, flights are starting to increase. Uh, for example, in, on May 3rd, there were 1,463,000 passengers through the TSA checkpoint. And if you compare that to a year before, it was 163,000. Uh, so a huge increase in air traffic. We're not quite back to, to what it was pre-COVID, but there's a lot of excitement. Well, how is that impacting the ho- hotel industry? Is it, ha- is it What's it doing to values? What's it doing to occupancy and performance? Well, let's find out. Please welcome my guest. is Cecil Staten. He's president and CEO of AHOA. This is the world's largest hotel owners association. Cecil, good to see you again, sir.
1: Michael, good to be with you. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, I'm hearing a lot of optimism um, about hotels, but I still see a lot of empty (laughs) hotels. What's going on out there?
1: Yeah, it's really uh, been an unusual period. Obviously, that's an understatement. Uh, Look, we we are beginning to see some light, we hope, at the end of the tunnel. We're expecting uh, uh, pretty good occupancy rates this summer. Now, there are still some areas of hotel, uh, wor- the hotel world that are, are, are struggling, and I would say those uh, continue to be hotels that are dependent upon business travel and uh, hotels that are dependent upon uh, events, major events particularly, and that's still uh, been a little slow. But leisure travel is looking great for the summer. In fact, that leads to a huge challenge for most of my members, and that is labor. Uh, just having people to come back in and do the work with increasing uh, occupancy rates. Uh, I w- I would add to that though, uh, ADR, uh, you know, the average daily room rates uh, are still lagging behind a little bit. They're beginning uh, to improve, but uh, it it could very well be that we have a summer with much higher occupancy rates, but some of the overall. Uh, revenue uh, will still be down from uh, a year ago, particularly because uh, the ADRs uh, have or our, our revpars just uh, not really uh, picked back up. So um, those are those are challenges that we're continuing continuing to hear about. But I will say, the pessimism maybe six months ago. I think we're a little more encouraged. I think the recovery could actually be a lot faster than maybe we originally anticipated.
0: Yeah, it seems like uh, consumers and business people alike uh, are, for the most part, kind of excited and kind of want to get out there and travel and go to events. I'm hearing uh, I just signed up for uh, my second event uh, coming up in 2021. Um, And, uh, you know, it'd be great to see some more uh, events and conferences happen. So I guess the recovery in those hotels is, uh, what is it? It's got to be into to next year at, at the soonest, right?
1: Yeah, that's right. I mean, HOA obviously pivoted. We do a lot of events every year, almost 200 events in 2019. Uh, 2020 was a year where we pivoted to virtual events like most everyone else. Not entirely satisfactory. Uh, our members uh, like to get together. They like to meet in person. And so we're beginning that transition back to in-person events. In fact, just in the last two months, I've traveled to, to various events in Texas, and Arizona, and Florida. I've uh, met with literally hundreds of our members at those events, and they're, they're very anxious to get back uh, to, to normal or somewhat close to normal. And reflective of that, Michael, uh, HOA certainly made the commitment some months ago to have uh, our convention uh, in person uh, after the virtual event last year. We'll be back in person August 3 through 6 in Dallas, Texas, at the Kay Bailey Hutchinson Convention Center for a Holocaine 21. And we really are hoping this event is going to sort of be a celebration of the resiliency of hotels and the hospitality industry. And we hope uh, even though we'll have been to Hunter uh, by then and Alice will have occurred uh, occurred the week before. We're hoping this is really going to be that first great event where hoteliers come together and celebrate uh, seeing some light at the end of the tunnel. We're coming out of this thing. Uh, We've got over 650 vendors signed up for our trade show already. uh, And uh, uh, registration is underway at ahoa.com. So that's all looking good. That's a hopeful sign for the industry.
0: So that's August 3rd through the 6th in uh, Dallas?
1: That's right. That's right.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Um, It seems like you mentioned, you know, six months ago, we're we're now in May of 2021, as we talk today, six months ago, people were still kind of down on, on, on hotels and wondering what was going to happen. And then financing was almost non-existent with the lenders. Um, But it seems like lenders are kind of peaking their interest again in, in uh, financing. Is is that what you guys are saying?
1: Yeah, we are. Uh, we, you know, we talk to our members quite regularly, and uh, you know, the reality is there's very little inventory when you look at hotels that are for sale around the country. Not really what we might have expected six or eight or nine months ago, given uh, the drastic situation that hoteliers were facing. Uh, and even when hotels are coming to market, they're trading at uh, very, very uh, favorable rates, uh, all things considered. So. Uh, yeah, I, I think there's uh, optimism uh, all around. And again, it, it just speaks to the resiliency of our industry relative to the American public. I mean, Americans want to travel. They're tired of being cooped up. There's evidence everywhere you turn uh, that we're going to really see a pretty pretty good uh, uh, summer, I think. Uh, and, and I'm hopeful that as the vaccine rollout continues uh, in a very positive way as we're uh, you know, seeing some very incredible numbers uh, around the country. I think we're going to see more states open back up and hopefully uh, business travel uh, return uh, a little bit more towards normal. You mentioned the TSA rates uh, going through airports earlier. Uh, you know, I think every every sign you can point to suggests that uh, recovery will come and uh, hopefully it will come a little faster than maybe we, we thought uh, some months back.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the old saying—you don't know what you have and, and what you've got until it's gone, right? And I think a lot of us now are like, "Wow, that travel was good, whether it was for business or pleasure." Or being stuck at in, in our homes, and uh, especially if you're not able to even get to your office, it's like yeah. uh, cabin fever, right? And yeah. then consumers, you know, have saved a lot of money, mm-hmm. uh, not outspending money. They have money to spend, uh, uh, so y- there is the money's there to to be spent, right?
1: Well, you're right. If you look at a major city like Atlanta, where Ahoa is based, uh, the amount of money that people will save not doing that daily grind, that commute. Uh, If you look at the impact of stimulus uh, on the economy for many American consumers, yeah, you know, it's certainly had an impact. And I think it's been positive for our industry. And we expect that uh, to continue uh, certainly through this year and on into next year for uh, hopefully a broad spectrum of recovery across every segment of, 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 hotels.
0: And if you look back into 2020, you know, I heard some pretty grim, um, forecasts on the recovery for hotels, but things seem to be changing fast. What, what do you think on timing at this point?
1: Yeah. I mean, we looked, of course, at, uh, STR data and, uh, you know, data from other sources, um, and, you know, obviously that data was pretty grim nine months ago. It was projecting that we wouldn't see a full recovery for hotels to possibly 23, even 24 for that business travel and convention event space. Uh, look, it, it's still going to take some time. I, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to, uh, you know, put uh, lipstick on this. It, it's still a challenge and mm-hmm. liquidity is still an issue for many of our members, depending upon the segment they're in. So, uh, you know, it, it's really hard to pin down uh, when when we're going to see a full recovery. I think, you know, we're obviously looking for signs that international travel is going to open back up. That impacts a number of markets, obviously, for our members, if you look across the country. Uh, obviously, got to get that business traveler back on the road. Uh, and I think uh, that's beginning to happen. And and we've got to get all the states open back up. I mean, right now it's very uneven. You go to Florida, you go to Texas, you go to Georgia, you go to a handful of other states, you hardly would know uh, anything had changed very much. And then you look at other states uh, where the restrictions have been far more severe. Uh, They've been a little slower to consider reopening. But I I think it's going to come because the data, and I think the science is going to support it, uh, with the the numbers of people now having been vaccinated, uh, I think it's going to come. And, and that is really a, a miracle story for the economy, for our country, the great success of the vaccination program. I think all of this is going to feed right into uh, that with the stimulus and everything else going on in the economy. I think it's going to feed right into a great period of recovery. It may still take a little time for some of those segments. Again, we've got to let rates catch back up with occupancy, but that will happen over time. It, it, it will come. And, uh, I, I think, uh, the recovery that we anticipated nine months ago is hopefully going to be a little more accelerated.
0: Yeah. And speaking of vaccines, uh- I'm um, I'm like a puppy or a dog. I've, I've had my shots, so I've had both my vaccines. Now, are are you a pro-vaccine guy? Have you had your... Yeah,
1: yeah, we've had a. Uh, my wife and I both have had ours. We got them at the earliest possible moment we could. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it, it, it does give you a, a little bit of sense of freedom. Uh, I understand there's this huge debate out there about, you know, wearing masks, and we're really not doing it because we need to do it, having been vaccinated, but we're doing it really to sort of be a model to others uh, across uh, the country who maybe haven't been vaccinated yet or are not uh, uh, getting there. But I hope more and more people will. And, and it looks like that'll be the case. I certainly hear the numbers everyone else does about a certain segment of the population that's simply not going to participate. And and that's, you know, this is the United States. That's their freedom uh, right now uh, to, to make that choice. But I think the numbers... Of uh, people vaccinated together with the people who've already had the virus, and so have uh, uh, some immunity uh, or protection, you know that together we're we're getting close to what I guess is referred to as herd immunity, and it can't come too soon as far as I'm concerned. But we're we're encouraging within uh, the hotel space a, a real support for vaccinations. Michael, mm-hmm. we have a program called Pledge to Protect at AHOA. And we've encouraged all of our members to sign up to pledge to get their employees or help their employees get to a place where they can get vaccinated. Because we we know that's going to be a little bit of uh, an issue for the traveling public. They're going to want to have confidence when they go into that hotel that mm-hmm. it's safe, it's clean, uh, and even the people they may encounter uh, within the hotel, uh, you know, are obviously also protected. So for the sake of our own employees and their safety and well-being, as well as for the traveling public and their confidence, we are, we've are we been doing the Pledge to Protect uh, program, and we've had literally hundreds of hoteliers around the country sign up and make that pledge to really help their employees get the vaccine.
0: Yeah, well, that's great, because I think as a consumer going to a hotel, especially with a major brand... Um, at my mind as a consumer, and I'd expect that you wouldn't, you wouldn't let an employee be there that hadn't been vaccinated. But hey, I get it. It's America. Plus, yeah. um, you know, there's a labor shortage, right? You can't just lay half your people off and not operate. Um, and, and you also mentioned cleanliness there. I um, That's one thing that I think that consumers need to get comfortable with as they go back into these hotels with with getting past COVID emotionally is, you know, is the hotel clean? Um, You guys have had some uh, efforts there, right?
1: Yeah, we've had really an industry-wide campaign uh, that I think has been very effective. Uh, We've worked with all the brands uh, consulting uh, on, on the programs that were developed. We work in partnership with AHLA and others to develop a great program and protocol that's been in place across the industry. So I, I think, uh, you know, and, and I travel quite a bit, I've started traveling again. Uh, I stay in hotels, obviously, uh, all the time. I, you know, I, I have no, uh, nothing but confidence uh, with what the industry has adopted in terms of protocols, uh, the extra steps that have been taken, the extra expense that hotels are going to, even in a time of declining revenue over the last year, to make sure that the traveling public can have great confidence when they check in the hotel that everything possible has been done. Now, it does mean the experience may be a little different moving forward. Uh, I know when I check into hotels today, more often than not, I'm not going to get a daily uh, uh, cleaning. In other words, uh, staff are not going to be coming into my room each and every day. And perhaps the way they did in the past, you can opt in Sometimes, depending upon the hotel you're staying in for uh, that daily cleaning or if you prefer not, if you don't need that, as many people don't, uh, you, you can have that extra step of, or extra precaution uh, as well. Uh, obviously, it's impacted F&B, uh, food and beverage service across hotels the way that's done, even though some of that is opening back up. But uh, the standards are there. And I feel very confident. And we add to that the vaccination component. I think we're going to be in really good shape.
0: See, so what else do you guys see at Ohio as challenging for, for the um, hotel owners out there? And, and what uh, what are you guys doing these days? What are your missions?
1: Yeah, you, you know, it's a great question, Michael. You know, I, I'm, I'm very concerned about some things that are on the horizon relative uh, to the administration and Washington. some of the plans and things we're hearing about. It looks to me like we're probably going to be playing a little bit of defense in the coming months relative to some of the tax proposals uh, that are out there uh, from the Biden administration, uh, as well as some re- related things. I would just mention one uh, we're we're concerned about right now, and that would be uh, 1031-like kind exchanges. Uh, you know, this has been a very valuable tool across uh, the real estate industry and certainly for hoteliers. Uh, Biden's tax proposal calls for placing uh, a cap or what I would call a partial elimination of 1031 exchange with a cap at five hundred thousand dollars profit from a real estate transaction. Uh, You know, I think this could have an impact upon uh, investors who have been actively looking to replace their properties because they've been worried about an increase in long term capital gains taxes as well. Uh, That's another issue we're very concerned about Uh, the uh, plan uh, currently with the Biden administration is for nearly doubling uh, on long term capital gains for uh, going from 20 percent to 39.6 percent. So I I really we're really concerned about the impact this can have uh, in the hotel space uh, and on real estate transactions it certainly could lower property values and increase rental costs because if you factor in the loss that you're going to have there, uh, we're, you know the research we're doing suggests that properties would have uh, to see a market value decline of about 6% uh, mm-hmm. to offset the additional tax burden the buyer could potentially face. And alternatively, the value of uh, future after-tax rental income and thus rental costs for potential tenants uh, would almost have to increase as well by about 6% to offset the additional tax burden for the buyer. So the, there are real implications here. And I think our industry needs to pay attention to this. They need to be fully aware of it uh, because these are, you know, uh, the, the like-kind exchanges are widely used mm-hmm. by small businesses and small-scale property owners and investors And uh, even though, you know, keeping it at $500,000 sounds like it would probably be okay okay in some respects, uh, I'm really worried about the longer-term impact of this for our industry. And so, uh, you know, we're going to be trying to point out that in our advocacy work. As you know, AHOA is incredibly strong in advocacy. We have a team in Washington, D.C., our second office where we have a full-time staff of, uh, I think, seven people. Uh, And so we're constantly working in Washington with members of Congress, with the administration, as well as at the state level, to try to make sure we're representing the interests of America's hoteliers. And uh, this is just one of the major issues I think we're going to be playing defense on as the year progresses.
0: Well, I agree with you. I think uh, those changes in the 1031 could be devastating. Really hurt the economy, jobs, small business. I think it would drop revenues. I mean, there's a reason the 1031 exchange has been around a hundred years right. and escaped the axe every time some people, some politicians were looking for tax dollars.
1: Yeah, this isn't the first time. Obviously, we've we've had to deal with this particular issue. You know, I think for people who don't fully understand it, the loss in federal tax revenue from like kind exchanges, I think, is greatly overstated or exaggerated by people who really get on this bandwagon ever, so, you know, ever so often. Uh, So, uh, you know, I I really hope we'll be successful in educating lawmakers uh, on the importance of this for uh, small business and real estate transactions. You know, because at the end of the day, you you know, I believe like-kind exchanges stimulate capital investment. It stimulates job creation, uh, or job creating capital expenditures, and those are the kind of things uh, we want to see the government uh, support and 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 not think about taking away from the arsenal or tools that business uh, and owners and job creators use. In order to be effective uh, in in what they're doing, so it's a yeah. it's a key and critical issue, and I hope our industry in general will wake up to the fact that we've got some work to do there, to, and we're going to be playing defense. It sounds like.
0: Yeah, I mean that that first level of uh, deferred tax uh might look like the icing uh, on a cake uh, to the administration, but the, you know that's a seven or eight-layer cake there. And uh, what's under it is is going to really hurt the economy, and, and I agree. The report you mentioned on the 6% drop in value, is that something we can share with listeners?
1: Yeah, yeah, I, absolutely. I, I mean, we, we can try to d- disseminate the, the information that we've been pulling together more widely. It's cer- something we certainly want to do. But, uh, you know, there, it, there are two sides to that coin, as I mentioned. And, uh, you know, if section 1031 was repealed, all else being equal, uh, the market value of replacement par- properties would have to decline by an average of 6% to offset the additional tax burden that's going to be placed on the buyer of that property. And alternatively, the other side of the coin, just as important, the value of future after-tax rental income and thus the rental costs for potential tenants would probably also have to increase around 6% to offset the additional tax burden for the buyer. So uh, that's a message we've got to get across. We'd be happy to share that.
0: Yeah, that's great. And we'll put a link if we can do that on the show um, site. And also I'd add to that that with 1031 almost eliminated when you talk about that, that low of a threshold, um, there's going to be a lot less capital in the market. So sublime demand would change in a big way. And I think that could offset uh, values even uh, again, even more.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. You're, yeah. you're spot on. There.
0: So so the challenge is the 1031. I'm glad you brought that as number one. I think we need to get out uh, people who have, have in-depth study of this and look at and don't just look at the icing on the cake and uh, can really look at it and help share with their politicians. Uh, we'll also put a link uh, that you can easily uh, let your politicians know what you think uh, either way uh, on our webpage uh, at CRE com. So the other thing you mentioned was, was labor yes. and the shortage there. What's going on? What are you guys doing at how to help out?
1: Well, I, I will tell you, as I've been around the country over the last uh, two months, uh, it is the number one issue I'm hearing from our members. Uh, I mean, I literally have hotel owners who are uh, working front desks and they are working uh, even with crews uh, back there cleaning the rooms because of a very significant labor shortage. And of course, uh, let's just be perfectly candid here. What's at the root of this? It is, of course, the extended uh, unemployment uh, situation in the country and the federal government's uh, passing legislation in these uh, stimulus acts that tops up unemployment payments uh, beyond what the states would normally uh, pay. So, you know, if you're, let's just say you're in a state where the maximum weekly unemployment you can get, and, and if you're in a state in New England, let's just say New York, maybe that's $550, $540 uh, a week. And then on top of that, the federal government is tossing in another 300. That gets you up to over 800. In some other states, it's not nearly that high, but it, it could easily be 700. There, there's really just not a great incentive for some people to go back to work uh, when the government is sort of uh, sending them free money on, on a weekly basis. And so we, we've seen that. I mean, literally trying to get uh, folks to come back uh, it's not always easy. And so it, it really is a huge issue across our industry. I'm hearing it in practically every state. And of course, we're not alone. You'll hear it in the restaurant and uh, other service-related industries. Uh, it is, it's incredibly difficult uh, to get uh, the labor force uh, back in there uh, as fastly, you know, as quickly as we need for them to be. So what we've been doing, well, look, we've been working for some time on a hotel specific stimulus bill uh, in Washington. Obviously they've done stuff for the airlines, they've done a little bit for restaurants. Uh, We are very grateful that uh, we've had introduced uh, in recent weeks, some bills that will be helpful, we believe to our industry, if we can get them across the finish line. One is called the Save Hotel Jobs Act. Uh, It's uh, simply uh, put uh, a, a bill that would ensure hotels remain open, given the prolonged economic recovery uh, that's on the horizon. We talked about that a few moments ago. Under this program, which would be administered by the Department of Labor, hoteliers could, uh, or they would be eligible at least for grants, up to $20 million that could assist them with payroll costs. Now, that's fine, uh, and uh, it, it's certainly something we are we are. Uh, very interested in. We'd love to be able to broaden that so that hoteliers could use it for more than just payroll costs. Even in PPP uh, loans, that program, we didn't have to use it entirely for payroll costs. Uh, Pay
0: rent and mortgage. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's right. But here, right now as it's construed, uh, it's only for payroll. Uh, But that, that said, we do believe this can be helpful moving forward. We appreciate the fact that the bill has been introduced uh, but as it stands, uh, you know, there, there would, uh, there, the, the monies would have to be used for payroll expenses. There's another provision in the bill that's somewhat challenging for us. Uh, although you know it's fine, we understand uh, this, but uh, it's a provision that would require that workers who have been laid off as a result of the pandemic be rehired. Uh, in order to receive grant money under this bill. Well, some of those folks, again, may want to be rehired. Others of them may not. Yeah. And if they are getting free money at home, uh, it's going to be... So, so there's some challenges here, yeah. but, but we support the bill. We just want to fine-tune the bill and hopefully get the legislation right so that it's not something that ultimately uh, is uh, less helpful than it could be. And, and so that's something that we've been working on for quite some time. Uh, but I, I will be honest with you, uh, Michael. One of the most important things is we look to when the current authorization for that extra unemployment expires, it's September the 4th, uh, you know, we are very helpful that will not be renewed. Yeah. Uh, we, you I know, so. for the sake of the economy uh, and the workforce shortages that we are all facing at the moment, uh, you know, we need, we need encouragement to get people back to work.
0: Yeah. Even if you can give them the money, all right, yeah. give them the money, but let them work, too, then.
1: Yeah, well, here you go. Well, here's a second bill I want to bring to your attention, recently introduced. It's called a Back to Work Bonus Act. Well, you can imagine where that's going. But it's sponsored by Senator Mike uh, Crapo of uh, Idaho and Senator Jim Risch of Idaho. The bill counteracts, uh, in a way, the federal in uh, the enhancement of unemployment benefits we've just been talking about by providing instead a back-to-work bonus for those who are able to safely return to their jobs. Well, I sort of like this. I mean, you know, let's stimulate people in the right way. Let's don't stimulate them to stay at home. If we're going to give stimulus, let's stimulate them to come back to work. And so uh, we're supporting that bill. We strongly support it because we know the labor shortage crisis is one of the factors that is returning or preventing us from returning to normalcy as quickly as we would like. So those are a couple of bills at at the moment that that have been introduced, they're out there. Uh, We're gonna be calling, uh, doing calls to action with our members uh, to get them engaged with their local uh, members of Congress or U.S. senators in order to build as much support as we can for the Save Hotel Jobs Act, which we hope we can uh, work with them to make that bill a little more how, uh, you know a, a little more usable by hoteliers uh and then uh, this one about a back to-work bonus uh that that's one we think uh, that could be helpful if we if we can uh, stop on september 4th this enhanced unemployment payments which is having an impact on the labor shortage
0: well let's get let's get all three of those done right and save the 1031 yeah uh, <laughs> Cecil the uh, website is aahoa.org a- a- right com ahoa.com, okay.
1: ahoa.com, and uh, you you can find information about a lot of these things there. The pledge uh, that we're asking hoteliers to make, you you know, we try to keep it updated. We're actually going through a major overhaul of our website uh, almost as we speak today. Uh, it'll it'll be a few more weeks before that is uh, out there, but uh, it's a great source for information, and uh, you know, people can reach out to us. Cecil at ahoa.com is my email. And uh, we, you know, welcome all the support we can get for these things uh, because they are important for our economy and for uh, our industry.
0: Well, great. Well, Cecil, thanks for being on the show and thanks for uh, what you guys at AHOA are doing. Thanks so much,
1: Michael. Always good to be with you.
0: All right. And thank you for joining us around the country. Uh, Do check out AHOA's website. There's a lot of great uh, resources there. If you're in the hotel industry, then you're probably a member. If you're not, uh, you check it out. You uh, should be. Hey, thanks for being with us today uh, and thanks for joining us uh, next week. Until then, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh and join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show. If you appreciate the show, think about the opportunity to do business or refer business to our sponsors, Bull Realty, For customized asset and occupancy solutions, visit bullrealty.com. Commercial agent success strategies. For incredible commercial agent training, visit commercialagentsuccess.com. Core.green. Use Ion technology to create a safer environment for your real estate. Visit core.green. For more commercial real estate intel, forecasts, and strategies, visit creshow.com.